live from random parts of New England. It's yet another Manic Monday edition of Business Pants, joined by Jesse the Money Whisperer. You get me, because Matt's er- out. Matt's out. Ari, Ari's on a very lovely maternity leave. You saw the... I met Miles. The new addition to the Free Float family, yeah. I got to hold him, and he was just peacefully sleeping Ooh. for two hours this morning. You did that during work hours, so technically I that did, was a I work did, a work function. But it's a work event, right? It's a work event. I mean, in today's swampy ant hill called July twenty fourth, twenty twenty three, top five sexy Monday stories and Jesse's consumer decision using free float data social media series. Yeah. Right? Did I say that right? Yes. You included all of the words that needed to be included. It's close enough. <laughs> I'm excited for it nonetheless. Got to come, come up with a better name for this, but... No, it's fine. It's in the works. Ready for headlines? Yeah. I, I don't know curious. that you're going to like these very much, but let's, let's do it. In no particular order, the Biden administration says it has reached a deal with big tech companies to put more guardrails around artificial intelligence, including the development of a watermarking system to help users identify AI-generated content. I like that. I mean, it's it's a step. It's a step. It's a I'm step. terrified still. The one part of this that you must know is that most of the companies issued statements saying they would work with the White House while also emphasizing that the guardrails were voluntary. Oh. That that troubles me. This covers seven major AI companies. You know the other thing that bothers me here, Jesse, is that I didn't even know the names of two of these companies. That kind of freaks me out a little bit. Here are the seven Mm -hmm. companies. Amazon, Anthropic, I guess. Google, which is Alphabet. Inflection, Meta Platforms, that's Mark Zuckerberg, Microsoft, and OpenAI, which we've talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. I wanted to take the opportunity to, to tell you about, because what we do here is we put the who into ESG, right? Into mm-hmm. corporate world, right? Yeah. And that's what none of these stories ever talk about. It's like, who are these people running these companies, right? Because you can get away with just calling yourself a name and hiding behind the name. Okay, so I went over every company. I looked at some of our data I trolled the internet for more information in alphabetical order. Amazon. We know Amazon because that's a dictatorship run by Jeff Bezos. 73% of the influence controlled by Jeff Bezos, according to our data. Free so whether analytics. he wants to or not. Yeah, right? That's the, that's the important takeaway, right? Is that essentially the Biden administration is relying on Jeff Bezos to make mm-hmm. a decision whether he wants to put up more guardrails. Anthropic... Have you heard of Anthropic? I've never heard no. of that company. That, here, here's what makes me absolutely crazy: is that there are seven companies big enough to go to the White House to be a part of this, and yet, you know, some of them are kind of mysterious. I went to their website; they wouldn't even list who the leadership is. Like, they don't even mm. tell you who is running the company, which I find absolutely nuts. They have a maybe concept- it's just AI running the company. Sure. They created I, it and then they bowed out. <laughs> but at least tell me that because then I can stop looking around. They have a part of the website is is their constitution, which is kind of laying out a lot of the principles that they believe in. And even in that constitution, they keep saying we. They use the pronoun we, like we mm-hmm. 
we developed this, we wrote this, we did this, but truly the audacity, the nerve to do, to do all this, which could really just change our universe, and they don't even tell you who they are. It makes me nuts. Would you want to see like credentials or would you, Every, I mean, na- I feel like names anything. wouldn't really. It's a start. It is because you could research them, but it might yeah. even be better if, if it put like what they've studied, hopefully some social All of sciences. <laughs> I want to know m- m- as much about these people as possible. I, you know, let me yeah. make the decision about what I think is important. Yeah. I did find, according to the re- website craft.co, Anthropic is a company that is co-founded by four white dudes. I'm okay. sure you're not surprised by that. Led by CEO Dario Amode and also his sister Daniela. So, whatever. I, I I'm not Dario ma- and Daniela. Wow. Yeah, I'm not making Creative a subjective names. analysis here. I'm just telling you that I did find that it's just it's a, you know like most of these companies, yeah, it's a bunch firm. of white dudes. And I will say that all the co-founders come from OpenAI, which oh. is another company on this list, right? But they could at least even tell you that in their on their website. They could. Sure. Sure. Next, I don't get yeah. like how they're making money. If like, don't you have to show some authority? Like, how do you get clients? How do you draw people? Isn't your website a tool for that? I don't get it. Hey, when you're looking for money from investors, you can present yourself in any way you want. You can be as open or close as you want. But with a public-facing website, they they don't have to tell us anything, right? I don't. They should, though. That's all I'm saying. Next company, Google. This is another form of a dictatorship. This is a bro-tatorship between Larry Page and Sergey Brin, the co-founders. They control 77% of Alphabet, of Google, so. Brotatorship. Brotatorship. Inflection, another company you never heard of. They did never at least, heard of. They did at least list their three founders online. I give them credit for that. One of them is Reid Hoffman, co-founder of LinkedIn. The other two come from Google. They come from DeepMind, which was a AI part of Google. So that's Inflection. It's sort of a offshoot of Google, I suppose, along with Reid mm-hmm. Hoffman. Meta platforms, the next one, that's a Zuck dictatorship, 79% of board influence according to our data. Mm-hmm. Microsoft, uh, this is an interesting one because while it's not a dictatorship in any way, there is a lot of headlines over the last week that Satya Nadella, his payouts from the their stock market increase due to the AI is over now a billion dollars because of... So, while yes, it's not a dictatorship, it's clearly a company and a CEO driven by profit, which you know sure. is his right. But it tells you something about the motivations at Microsoft. That mm-hmm. one of the motivations might be just getting really, really stinking rich. So I'm just saying, weigh that in when you consider Microsoft. The next yeah. company is uh, the last of I should say the last of the seven companies is OpenAI, which we've talked about a lot. They also don't list their leadership for some stupid reason, although their CEO is pretty famous at this point, Sam Altman. He stated this year, Jesse, that advanced AI may cause human extinction. I read that. So there you go. That's pretty scary coming from him. So while I applaud the White House. how, How do you run a company with knowing that that's a possibility? Well, he's been the one who's been begging people, begging regulators, begging the government for more guardrails. So maybe he has good intentions or maybe he knows that this thing is going to run out of control and and 
he's not going to know how to stop it. So, but he has been pushing for regulation, maybe because he's worried. Because another thing I read about Sam Altman, CEO of OpenAI, is that he's a prepper. He's a doomsday prepper. So, which means, for those of you who don't know, is that he's preparing for an end of the world scenario while also being the CEO of a company that is working to advance a technology that he thinks may cause human extinction. I I don't want to depress myself too much, but I do this apply... This is yeah. convoluted. I do apply the Biden administration at least for getting the ball rolling, although I wish the guardrails were not voluntary. That's all I can say, but there you go. Mm-hmm. Second story, Tesla appoints uh, a man named Tom Zhu to be deputy CEO amid pressure for Elon Musk's resignation. So we and a bunch of other investors have been talking a lot about how the hell is this really distracted dude still running Tesla? Maybe he should step down. In fact, I think I forgot to look before the show, Jesse. I think I predicted that we would have our first Asian CEO of a car company, of a major car company this year. I think that was one of my predictions. So I'm feeling kind of proud about this one that maybe we're close to that. Yeah, could be. I don't even, remember. I don't, no, I don't remember that. That's your. And I don't actually have proof. And even if it's true that I did predict that, why did I predict that? I don't know. What's my? Why do I even I care? Know. I don't know. Maybe Elon Musk about to step down. Next Elon Musk story. The third story of the day. Elon Musk's brother. His smart farm startup is shutting down most of its locations and gutting its workforce. So we've been talking a lot about this recently, mostly in the context that Senator Elizabeth Warren is coming after Tesla, trying to have them answer questions like, what the hell are you up to? One of the reasons being, how the hell is your brother on the board, Kimball Musk? Mm -hmm. So while the headline refers to Elon Musk's brother, his name is Kimball He's uh, been on the Tesla board for almost, it seems like almost 15 years, and he seems to be a bit of a, a failure. So he's a brother. He's a rich guy failure. He's a bit of a brother failure. I'm stuck on smart farm. What <laughs> the heck is a smart farm? I guess farm? It's, it's urban vertical farming, uh, which okay. sounds okay to me. But then when I, I look at the operations, a lot of the locations are really a non-urban locations it started in brooklyn which makes sense to me yes yes but this story is talking about one in grand rapids iowa and i'm trying to understand the need for smart vertical farming in have a farm in the farming belt of the united states yeah why not why not spend that money instead of your your fascination fixation on tech which i know all the tech bros are into why don't we solve actual farming real farming yeah why don't we work on that close it down one of the reasons i thought you'd appreciate this jesse one of the reasons why maybe they have to shut this company down is maybe they had too many values listen to the values that they list on their company website ready optimism authenticity transparency resilience dedication understanding respect connection collaboration clarity and empowerment it's a they lot just, of values. They, they <laughs> just had someone present to them, someone from HR present a bunch, and they, like, off of a Use sheet, and they just picked. They just picked to use them all. their top ten. It sounds like they might have asked OpenAI or one of the AI <laughs> services, right? Probably and they just did. used all of them. So that's what happens when you give your brother a bunch of money. I would do more. If my sister gave me a bunch of money, I would do more than that. Just saying. I, I, knowing you, I've only known you for about a year. I, I believe you. Oh, thank you. 
You're welcome. Number four story, Monday morning story here, Business Pants, July 24th, 2023. Unfortunately, another Elon Musk story. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. Three of five. I know. Well, look, I the Kimball Musk story really is it's probably not one of the big stories of the morning, but I, I just got a kick out of it. I, I don't know. It's it's my way of reemphasizing a point that how the hell are Tesla investors allowing this guy's brother on the board, but whatever. <laughs> this one is probably the one of the biggest business stories of the day. I, I don't care other than the fact that it creeps me out, but I had to mention it because I want to know if you had a point of view on this. Elon Musk announced on Saturday that the he's rebranding Twitter the bird logo is gone. He's replacing it with a creepy X, which reminds me of one of these like Superman movies that I don't watch, but mm-hmm. one of these comic book hero kind of movies. It's just creepy. I don't know. X? I don't know. I don't know if you have a point of view it's here. I but like the logo is cute. And now yeah. you're just, I, I don't know. I think it's so silly what he's it's, doing. It seems a little early on in the process to just completely rebrand something that because a lot of the people who are hanging around still using Twitter are doing it begrudgingly so I wonder why they're speeding through to make this very all about Elon I hope they leave the platform like I really hope I mean he's done a lot of terrible things to it and, uh, and around it but people are still staying so I don't know I don't know if this rebrand will be enough but also knowing him, you know how he's named his cars. It's Model S, Model oh, E, Model right. yes. X. Okay. Like there's got to be some weird twisted thing behind the X that's going to come out later, right? Supposedly he's had a long fascination with X, like since the 90s. He wanted to name PayPal X. He's just been fixated on X. <laughs> it just I think it yeah, you're right. I don't I'm sure there's a more nefarious reason, but he is a guy who gets fixated on things and and that's and since he has the power and since he he builds teams where everyone's deferential to him there's no actual yeah. oversight that he just gets to do what he gets to do what he wants to do yeah. yeah i don't i don't even know really how to interpret that i think it's silly just keep twitter twitter but he's changed everything else so why not and finally the probably the biggest business story over the weekend is the it's the barbie heimer weekend because Oppenheimer and Bar- Barbie are both two massive movies that are coming out. Barbie slammed by conservatives as man-hating woke propaganda amid box office success. I, have of you course. first of all, have you have you seen the movie? I have not seen it. Are you planning on seeing the movie? No. I'm going to read you some of the a few of the phrases from some of the quotes from some of the reviews slamming the movie for being too woke. Barbie symbolizes a culture that devalues childhood and goodness. I take a shot every time the movie says patriarchy. I'm now in the hospital with liver failure. Also, Elon Musk also tweeted that very same thing that you should take a shot every time they, they say patriarchy. Okay. Uh, someone else said they're trying to brainwash us, a man-hating agenda, a hateful plot. The first 30 minutes is fun, featherweight satire then the stuff about patriarchy kicks in and the film turns into a thinly disguised me too rant trading comedy for man bashing and a lot of confused point scoring about sexism another review says man hating propaganda a boring feminist movie i love all the typos in these by the way i'm not even reading the typos (laughs) yeah man hating hidden in glitters and hot pink these feminists could not leave this movie alone. And finally, 
Why does every movie try to teach me a lesson about something? Why can't I just be entertained? Jesse, I don't know about you, but after hearing all this, don't you want to yeah. see the movie now? Yeah, yeah I, I do too. I think we need to if you come visit. We're going oh, great. to Barbie. Actually, that's, yeah, I was complaining how hot it's going to be, and I, I don't want to come see you guys because I'm just going to sit there complaining. Yeah, but that's we're going to sit perfect in an solution. AC movie theater. Perfect we're going to watch this, and it'll be work. We can expense it as a work expense. So add this to the to the woke wars, the anti ESG, anti woke wars. I guess it's this first so Bud Light, Disney, now Barbie. So I dug in a little bit to the companies behind Barbie. They're in our okay. database: awesome. Mattel and yep. Warner Brothers Discovery. Yep. Okay. The question really should be: Should anyone be surprised? Would you have guessed that these companies would make a woke movie if it's if it is in fact a woke movie? So I'll let our data answer that. Mattel, forty okay. percent of the board uh, women, which just it's good, right? Yeah. But yeah. but only twenty six percent of the influence. So it's a pretty sizable yeah. power gap. In fact, of the ten people, the ten leaders at Mattel, there mm-hmm. are only three women. None of them are important decision making roles. Not that I'm okay. saying I'm not saying that communications and human resources are not important. Mm-hmm. But let's be real these are roles that they typically reserve for women and it's it's not ceo cfo Mm -hmm. coo that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. two dudes control 49 percent of the influence at mattel this is a this is a male dominated company mattel that's all there is to say about it and mattel produces many toys like it's not just mm-hmm. the barbie line not they have action figures and all of these things all kinds of things board games okay. i imagine okay but this is a male dominated company so yes i guess the movie might be woke but it's not a woke company so i'll, I'll let the i'll let all the people burning bar- barbie dolls decide what they want to do next i don't know mm-hmm. i guess if one product is woke the whole company is shit according to them even though it's not a company that is its leadership is not woke, certainly. Right. And also very, Warner Brothers Warner Brothers Discovery, which we've actually covered in depth on this show many times. Another company that is not woke on any level. Only 23% of the board is even women in the first place. Yikes. 13% of influence. So another. So both Mattel and Warner Brothers have a huge female power gap. And yeah. all of the important leadership roles are run by white men same as mattel all the important leadership roles run by white men no people of color anywhere so again these are not woke companies at all so i guess we should be surprised maybe that they came up with so-called feminist propaganda whatever that means yeah i'm my mind goes to like what what was the deal how much are they making off of this because why else would they do it besides money (laughs) I mean, they're making profit. It, what, yeah, it sounds like they're making a lot of money off of this. Reviving I, I will tell the you, brand too. Yeah, I will say this: that at Mattel, as I said, that only three women in leadership out of ten roles. One of them was is someone with the title executive producer Mattel Films. Okay. She was she was brought onto the leadership team explicitly to create this movie. I think to be the oh, producer wow. of this movie, Barbie. So. That's an interesting hire, right? So, so all the anti woke people, all the all the fem- all the feminist haters, all the women haters, you might have known that this was going to happen. I mean, maybe you could have guessed this was going to happen. I don't know. Well, the director was Greta Gerwig, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's known to be 
to produce feminist movies. So, but it but it is interesting. I'm like picturing her. I know she's not working directly with the board by any means, right. but I'm just picturing these negotiations happening and wondering how they convinced Mattel and Warner yeah. Bros. It that is the movie cl- was going to take this direction. It is a pretty fascinating choice. She, I know she, her last picture was Little Women, mm-hmm. which I think was a did well in the box office. But also, you're right, feminist undertone certainly. She most of her work is female forward. All mm-hmm. stuff that would irritate men, you know, anti woke men, anti ESG men, yeah. which. Which is why I like to talk about this in the first place. I saw other headlines about one of the most despicable, you know, anti-feminist, anti-woke, anti-ishy politicians out of Florida, Matt Getz, Gates, Matt Gates. I don't know how to pronounce his name. He went to the premiere with his wife and then, of course, walked out angry because mm-hmm. it's a feminist movie. But how do you not know going in and why do you not even care going in that Greta Gerwig created this movie how do you not why do you not know that in the first place what what do you think hollywood like is what do you think the process of creating media content art is you think it's just all driven it's all profit driven and it's all supposed to cater to some american in the middle from like god-fearing midwestern america i I just yeah uh, anyway the ignorance of these and they've had a barbie movie in the past Mm -hmm. so like to think that they're going to do the exact same thing and not make it relative to what's going on in the world i seems a little foolish too and again you've had two or three years you've known that greta gerwig was attached to this (laughs) project right so Totally. No one should plead should plead ignorance about this stuff anymore. It's just mm. ridiculous. Agreed. Anyway, those are my those are my stories. Why don't you rescue us from my horrible, boring okay. stories? So this week, Consumer Decision Series. It's Free Flow Analytics Consumer Decision Series yes. now, and it's very apt because, as I told you before the show. It did get very sunburned this weekend because uh, it's like you said, like because you pointed you're an out, idiot. the 90s. Uh, yeah, yeah well, I am totally. You're training for a marathon or something? Yeah, I'm doing a, uh, I'm doing so, like a slew of idiotic things. That's training on for you. for a half marathon that's, is yeah, one of them. So yeah, mm-hmm. I ran for two hours in the sun. In the sun. Only put sunscreen on my face. But I'm going to blame it on the segment because this Ooh. week I'm diving into sunscreen brands and the Ooh. companies that own those brands. Okay. And I'm wondering, as with everything, so everything we look at, all the products we look at in this series, the main question is, are any of them free flow analytics approved? Okay. And by that, I mean, there's different ways we can interpret, are they FFA approved? But it's like... Are the brands run by companies that are diverse? Are they non-controversial? Mm-hmm. Are they per- do they perform strong financially? Are they providing safe and healthy products? Do they look out for their stakeholders? And mm-hmm. so well, those are the things yeah. we I look at. You answered the the question wonderfully that nobody asked, which is <laughs> you know is ESG data is it woke? Is it does it have a political agenda? And you answered it wonderfully in the sense that no, 
Of course no. not, because even with our data, you can use it from any perspective you really want to, right? I mean, I yeah, yeah. I personally, I, I, I rant about this constantly. I, I do look at it often through like a diversity and leadership lens. It's just my thing. Like mm -hmm. I, I will take your recommendation, especially companies that are run by women, owned by women. That will be like a kind of a guiding light for me. Yeah. But you certainly don't have to use ESG data in that way. No one is requiring that. Yeah. And in this series, in the past, we've looked at it through a health lens. And mm -hmm. I always kind of approach it. I'm very big in like, are the products non-toxic? Are they healthy? Because right. I believe consumers are a big stakeholder too, right? Obviously, exactly. you have shareholders, but you have a duty as a brand, as a company to produce something safe and effective for your consumers. So I'm looking at it that way too. So most mm -hmm. of the time I actually start with our controversy scores and when I okay so we'll take a step back I went to Walmart this week and I was Ooh, like look okay. at you yeah you know I my, my mom told me over the weekend that she's never been to Walmart never good once. for her I try not to go to Walmart but I was but, like but you did go though I wanted to switch it up so I wanted to go and see what brands we had and mm -hmm. um so the aisle was massive as you would imagine but not surprisingly, e even after having only done this for a few weeks, a handful of weeks, it's not surprising that there are three brands that dominate this aisle. Okay. Or there's three companies that dominate. There's three many companies, brands. Right. Many brands. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, um, you know, you have your popular brands, Banana Boat, Hawaiian Tropic. Those mm -hmm. are owned by um, Edgewell. Oh, I didn't and know And then that. you okay. have... Neutrogena, which is a huge one. It's supposed to be really safe and dermatologist approved and all of that. And even Aveeno, which has some sunscreens, that's owned by Johnson & Johnson. Okay. Both are great. Like I said, Neutrogena is a great, they're great marketers. Yes, yeah. definitely. I mean, Banana they, they, Boat too. Well, even when you said Neutrogena, I do have it in my head that they're like good, they're yeah, yeah they're good for your they skin. They have like the white label, and it always says dermatologist approved. Yeah, they've been hammering at this at you forever. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yep. And then we have Copper Tone, one of mm. you know the oldest and most beloved, and Eucerin, made by Beersdorf. Okay. So we've got Johnson and Johnson, Edgewell, Beersdorf are the big three that own some of these like monster brands and they kind of dominate that aisle. Okay. Well, this is exciting because I've actually only heard of Johnson and Johnson, so I'm interested to okay. hear about the other Well, two. Edgewell, Edgewell was in one of my first series and it's a spinoff of Energizer, weirdly. Okay. The company. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I went to Edgewell. the controversies. I looked them mm -hmm. all up. So I pulled up our platform, Freeflow Analytics, and then I started to look these companies up under the directors, the board tab, just mm -hmm. to get a sense of how they're measuring up. And I, their controversies weren't weren't awful because that's usually where I go first. So I'm like, uh, some of them, Johnson and Johnson's is terrible, but they. Mm -hmm obviously have tons of products tons so of i products. did do a quick search to see like what's going on with sunscreen so i i chose banana boat or neutrogena one of those brands and i and i found that there is sunscreen in general and all of these companies were affected there's been a, a backlash there's been some some lawsuits over aerosol sunscreen mm -hmm. and how when it whatever mechanisms are working and whatever chemicals are in the sunscreen versus the, making it aerosol 
um, a component called benzene is created and okay. it's a car known carcinogen been known for years and years and it's linked to blood blood cancers like leukemia and mm. it's terrible for our environment so it's killing coral reefs and okay. other um, species in the ocean and is so, this specific to one of these companies no so it, oh. it's really anyone it's, it's an industry any of problem. these companies that have aerosol sunscreens okay. are all okay. getting hit so i couldn't really use this as like a how can i discern between these um because uh -huh. it, it kind of seems like oops they all made a mistake and didn't know that this reaction was going to happen Okay. Um, I mean, I still think more testing should be done before you put things out. But sure. then I was like, okay, let me at least let me look at what that kind of led me to the next step was let me look at what's safe. So I like to use two sources. I like to use Environmental Working Group, their website to look up mm -hmm. non-toxic products and they cover everything. And I like to look up this blog that I found and trust called Momovation. So okay. I Momovation. I go to both these sources. The, what they do is they will reach out to companies and ask for um, third-party testing of what's in the products, and they look at scientific research and studies and all of this. So, um, and then they make recommendations. So I found a few brands. I found a handful of brands that were recommended by both of those and. I was like, let me see what they're up to and let me compare them to these big companies. So that's Bobo Botanicals Badger Balm, which you might see around. Okay. They have they have like all sorts of products. These are separate companies from the three you just these mentioned. Are, these are happen to be small private companies. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And all good is a is a very common one. So I picked three very common ones that you'll see in, in many of the aisles. Okay. And I just wanted to know, like, why are why are they non-toxic versus these ones? Like, what what do they have going on and why might they be creating a product that's safe, whereas these ones aren't? And mm -hmm. interestingly enough, what I found is that all of those companies are female founded. They're okay. all female founded. Like, They're all privately owned. Telling. Kind of. Because then right. I looked. Well, yeah. I mean, w when you consider that I just told you that all the AI companies that are potentially about to destroy are the world male founded. they're all white male founded based, essentially i know yeah. and a lot of them are like these parents these women just had kids and they can't see anything hmm. out there that they want to put on their kids bodies Interesting. like it's just a very familiar story so then yeah. i was like okay let me go look at let me go look at the numbers on j and j edgewell okay. and deersdorf well, and we have look, i was gonna say this is why i rant and rave about you know products retail these companies that don't have women in power like don't have yeah proper representation female yeah. leadership it, yeah I, you know what i think it is it's like you can have it both ways you can make money and you can create a product that keeps your consumer safe right. like but at these bigger companies i think that that latter part of the equation falls off and it's so just what made did you money, find? Made money. So here's what I found. Johnson and Johnson actually has 50% female, female sitting on their board, but that's okay. recently up from 38%. So just this okay. past proxy season, they have added. And you will find females. Uh, the, you will find that most of the bigger companies, especially in the S and P 500, they, they do do better in this regard. Like, well, it doesn't mean, they have, the, doesn't mean they have power. <laughs> Doesn't mean they have a lot of power, but but they yeah. oh Edgewell and Beersdorf are their S and P five hundred companies as well. Um, 
not Beersdorf is Edgewell. I'm is not sure really? about. Okay, okay. Yeah, keep um, going. So J and J, fifty percent female, but but there's an eighteen percent power gap. Okay, okay. And then Edgewell, twenty percent female. They only have a one percent power gap, but I don't really think that's saying much. Being it's only twenty percent tw- female, twenty percent is awkwardly low because most the average board size is 10 most of these big companies have at least three women on the board so that this means there's only two women yeah that's yeah that, that that's a little crazy for 2023 beersdorf is your 33 percent female so like you're saying you're three mm-hmm. of 10 and there's a 20 percent power gap oh okay so 20 percent out of 33 yeah. percent there's a 20 percent power gap so I don't, while I don't have like conclusive data that correlates female founders and board members with safer products, the research I did kind of is leading me in this direction where I'm Mm -hmm. like, why does it take women who have babies and care deeply about something to start getting curious about what's out there and realizing there's a problem and then creating a solution like well yeah it's just such a familiar story with these small brands hopefully these big companies are paying attention i know they're listening to us right now but they're also paying attention to the market and they will hire these women they will you know let these women run their companies it's not always easy to find this information though is the thing like true i mean how many people when you're in need of sunscreen are going to be like me and go in and start scanning things and looking up you know like no, i use ActAware to like scan and see who the parent company is and then you know go and do your extra step i mean it requires a little thinking ahead too where you're like it okay, does, I have to get back to my computer here's what i always say to that is that it wasn't that long ago that there weren't even nutrition labels on yeah. the foods that we eat, right? So uh, yeah. my dream is that we have an equivalent label on all products that told you these types of things. Yet, No, it can't tell you everything. N- the nutrition labels are lacking in some ways, but mm-hmm. we should at least get to some of the big the big things, right? Some of the, the, the higher level data points. We could at least know about things like controversies or diversity in leadership, just so you had an understanding of who these companies are. There's no reason why this next generation can't push for that level of disclosure on consumer goods. Yeah, I mean, I I think that would be amazing because then you you have it right there in front of you and Mm -hmm. you have agency, you can decide, you could decide which values align with yours whether it's health safety diversity and it doesn't have to be all of them and then you sure use your dollar vote with your dollar based based on that and that's the whole point of this is like let's learn how where can people find this so this is on our tiktok business pants and our instagram free float at free float media okay awesome and this starts this series starts today it start yeah i just posted well it really started i did on friday a teaser mm-hmm. just introducing and then um posted the first video today and i will continue to like drip some of what i'm finding thank you jesse the money whisperer you have anything else no that's it that's today's show july 24th 2023 thanks for joining me jesse guest You're star welcome. i want to tell the audience that on 
Wednesday, our Wake Woke Data episode, we will be joined by Sean Kasten, who is the U.S. House of Representatives member from Illinois. He's joining Very us to talk cool. about ESG month. So tune in Wednesday to hear our interview with Sean Kasten, congressperson from Illinois. That's it. That's all I got. Cool. Do you want to sign us off, Jesse? No, I wasn't. <laughs> okay, that. just download us, share us, go to our website, Free Flow Analytics, look at our data, sign talk, up for our talk to us, sign up, just be a part of us. We put a lot of effort into this. Come on, help us out. All right, that's it. Bye. Mm-hmm.